Welcome to the Game Raven Review Podcast. My name is Henry J, and I am joined by some of our talented writers and special guests to discuss the world of indie games. Who is in the building today? Uh, we have Taz is here. Heyo. Uh, always on the podcast. First to the podcast, we have Kingdom is here. Hello. Thanks for joining us. Hello. And we have uh, Alex as well for the first time. Hello, Alex. Hello, hello. And of course, we have uh, Puppet Master N is here. Hey, hey. So you had, I, I did this out of order, I'm realizing, but uh, Puppet, you wanted to tell the story about how you and Kingdom met, and I want to hear it. Oh, yes. Um, so I actually met Kingdom through IWOCON, the Indie World Order Convention, uh, because they had a bunch of really cool streamers who all um, love supporting indie games. And... Um, she came into one of my streams and we just hit it off and we've been talking since. So, um, yeah, I'm just I'm super excited to have you on Kingdom. Thank you. I think you came to mine first, though. Wait, really? Oh, probably. <laughs> I love that because before the podcast, you're like, you should probably tell it because you probably remember it. And I, like, honestly, I have a terrible memory. So, um. <laughs> I could actually, you're right. Did I rage you? I think so. I, I might be mistaken about the actual time, but when I looked through one of my old um, uh, VODs, I saw you uh, chatting with me there. So I was like, okay, yeah, that's how we met. Oh, cool. See, I, ah, I'm so happy about Twitch. I feel like I've met so many amazing people through Twitch. It's been so lovely and everybody that i've met so far is just super awesome so i'm super excited to have you guys all meet my newest twitch friend kingdom um because she is just a wonderful streamer and you should go check her out for sure this week on the podcast we're going to talk about of course what we are playing this week and then in our main topic we're going to talk about neurodivergent gaming it is autism awareness month and Puppy, you kind of took on this topic and uh, interviewed um, one of Alex's students. And um, yes, we're going to talk about neurodivergent gaming in our main segment. So stick around for that. But coming up next, what we were playing this week. one of our main segments on the podcast what we are playing whether it's indie or not we play a ton of games so let's start with taz what are you playing this week because you're playing a game that i want to play with you oh you you can hang you got you got you got some monster hunter world on you i got i got monster hunter world and i got a 2070 super so i have it with the extra high res texture pack with ray tracing sun oh that good good okay okay i see you yeah um so i'm finally playing a game that's not valheim i've kind of like capped it until like new content comes out um but a friend of mine because i think either a couple weeks ago um monster hunter rise came out for the nintendo switch and um i saw them stream it and i was like ah it looks cool it's a great concept i've had it i tried it once like monster hunter world and i was like I couldn't handle all of the information because I feel like Capcom games do. They just like flood you with stuff and like, all right, good luck. Um, so I gave it a round two after watching them. They kind of like walked me through some stuff. Uh, and I've been really, I've been liking it. I've like, like cracked in, clock, crack, <laughs> I've clocked in about 10 hours this week. Um, and I've been loving it. I've been, I've been loving the crap out of it. It's like, it's like, a, it's like a boss battle, like 
all the time. It's fantastic. Take long battles. Um, it's great. Uh, so yes, yes, yes. I and I've learned it through like the multiplayer system because I had a friend of mine play with me last night, so I learned that. Um, so yeah, I'm very excited, Henry. You and I can hunt some monsters, yo. I'm totally down. Anytime you want to do that, I'm ready. I lo- I love Monster Hunter World, and I'm so sad that I have to wait a year for Rise on the PC, even though I have oh, a Switch. Yeah. I want to wait because, like I said before, ultra high res pack and uh, ray tracing, you got to have it. You got to have it if you, if you can. <laughs> and down. I can. I can now. So, yeah, <laughs> it's it. I upgraded my computer last year and I was running a 10 year old PC. I, had, I went from a GTX 970 to a 2070 Super. So uh, anytime I get to flex the full muscle feels real good. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, Kingdom, what are you playing? You play a ton of indie games and you stream as well. Uh, yeah. so yeah, what, what do you got going on? Uh, well, uh, well, as some of some of you already know, I um stream indie games generally, and my ma- main focus has been the bundle of for racial justice and equality that was on itch.io uh, last year on at June in June, I believe. Um, so I've been playing six games from that bundle every week. So I have six more games coming up this week on stream. Um, outside of that, I sometimes stream some of my games from the, uh, like some of my favorite games, like Outer Worlds is one of them that I occasionally play. And I'm thinking of showing Eternal Darkness, which is an old GameCube game, exclusive GameCube game that was one of the best games I've ever played. Uh, it's called Eternal Darkness, Sanity's Requiem. So I'm either starting this it this week or next week. And off stream, I've been playing a lot of Remnant, which is like Dark Souls with guns. Um, and I'm Kingdom Hearts is one of my biggest um, special interests. So I've been trying to work through that as well. So trying to finish the mobile game. That's That's about it. Very nice. Eternal Darkness is such a cool game with all the weird tricks that it does to make you think that your memory card has been erased and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. It it affects the sanity of the player as well as the character it tries to trick you all the time. Yeah, it's like Psycho Mantis. It's like the Psycho Mantis fight times a thousand. Yep. Yeah, that game. I remember when that game came out. That was a that was a hot game back in the day. That's cool. I'll have to pop in to your stream and check out eternal darkness um puppet what are you playing well um (laughs) can you believe that i haven't played valheim at all this week it's uh it's been you know having drawbacks a little bit but here i am playing some really great other games however so this week by the time this podcast comes out um taz and i are going to start playing haven together and haven is a great little indie game that i um found actually a few years ago but then was reminded of it during iwocon and i think i mentioned it last week i'm pretty sure um but it's just a gorgeous it's a gorgeous game and it's like made for two people to play together and it's it's just so gorgeous so i'm very excited to um play that with taz and I'm also playing through Viviette, which is a, a great little classic horror with great pixel art. Um, and I've been playing through that a bit, but I finally got to return to it. So love it. But I am also playing a new game called Ghost of a Tale. And I am 
so freaking excited about this game. It is everything that I have just the small person inside of me is so happy because it was so okay it was solo developed which is amazing to me by um lionel gallet i hope i'm saying his name correctly and he is a veteran from dreamworks and universal pictures he was an animator and he worked on like the prince of egypt uh the road to el dorado and shark tale um, and he decided to make a game by himself. So he launched this Indiegogo like um, fundraiser and he raised it was like only um, $50,000 equivalent to make this entire game. And it's a beautiful game. Like it's it's gorgeous. So obviously all those things I love. But what is most dear to my heart is that he was inspired by The Secret of Nim, The Dark Crystal, Disney's Robin Hood, and the Redwall book series. And all of those things are like my favorite thing ever. So uh, it's just, it's so good. So you're just like this little mouse um, and you are just adventuring this world. And you're, it's like um, you start off in a jail and you're trying to escape jail and you meet other mice and you're being like, chased by these like um rat um prison guards and you just feel like you're in the world of redwall and it makes me so happy and it also says that he was also inspired by the legend of zelda so um you also know i'm a zelda fan so all of these things are just incredible and i'm still just floored that it was one person who put all this together he had some help from his friends on certain aspects of the game but overall it was mostly just this guy so this game it looks insane if this is solo developed yeah it looks yep. crazy yeah wow yeah how how is the food uh is there food in in the game and if so how did how delicious does it look because you mentioned Redwall. <laughs> yes and- <laughs> so i haven't gotten that far into the game yet but right now i'm just eating like mushrooms and apples that i'm finding like on the floor of the jail so I'm hoping later on it gets a lot better, but there are like sacks of green everywhere and things like that. So, um, and I'm thinking, you know, if he was a fan of Redwall as well, he'll definitely have some good food stuff. So stay tuned. I will keep you updated. Thank you. I need to know about the banquet scene ASAP. Yes. <laughs> right. Oh my God. I'm so excited. I actually have the um, Redwall cookbook. So um, I should definitely delve into that while I'm playing this game, actually. For sure. Rest in peace, uh, Brian Jakes. <laughs> and I Pine, know. You you love, like, making food in games also. <laughs> so oh, <it's- laughs> I do. I'm, I'm a cook. I love it. <laughs> I love making food in games. If I'm not carrying a bunch of snacks all the time, I get very nervous in games. So, yes, I like to <laughs> make a bunch of food. <laughs> Well, I'm playing. Uh, okay, so here's the deal. Full disclosure: I get my second COVID shot on uh, Thursday, so tomorrow I get my uh, second dose, and I know that I will be sick on Friday. So, usually when I'm sick, I want to play something comforting, and I've been kind of in a little bit of a games drought recently. So, uh, yeah, if you watched my uh, stream last week, I played. I played like this weird. Uh, evangelion tamagotchi-esque game for the wonder swan that was like just recently translated and so i played that for like 20 minutes and then i built an ikea shelf so that's how my 
that's how my streams have been going <laughs> lately. I built I built a friggin' Calyx bookshelf on stream. Uh, so I'm like, what am I gonna play? And so since I'm gonna be sick, I want to play something, uh, you know, the comforting and that I don't have to think about too much because I will be a sick boy. So I bought a Wild Classic subscription. And I've been playing that again. <laughs> And I don't know why. Every year or so, I get the the itch to play World of Warcraft, and I do it, and I play it for like a, a week, and then I let my subscription lapse, and then uh, a year from now, I'll pay another fourteen ninety nine to play it. So that's what I'm playing this week is WoW Classic. When WoW Classic got re released on Blizzard, yes, like a, a year and some change. Was it two years ago? Or was it last year? I don't remember. It was um, twenty nineteen, if you can believe it. Yeah, holy moly. And that's when like the chaos ensued of like having like to queue up, especially in the first like two hours of the game, you have to like queue up a line like people would single file physically stand in the line to collect the item and then walk away. Because it, it was just so chaotic because everyone and their grandma was playing it. Do you remember it's that? I, I wasn't there for the launch because I was like, there's no way I'm going to go back to Vanilla WoW. There's no way I'm going to do it. And like all of my friends are like, you got to do it. But I didn't. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I missed that. I was like, you know, it's going to be crazy. But I do want to level my character uh, at least pretty far uh, because Burning Crusade is coming out sometime this year. And that is like prime WoW for me. That is Burning Crusade oh. expansion is like the... I'm going to bleep that out. Uh, but I, I love that era of World of Warcraft. I thought it was perfect. So I'm I'm going to be into that. So this is kind of like a, I'm bored and I need to play something so I can, I'll, I'll level my character to wait, to wait for that to come out. And then Diablo 2 comes out in, uh, in 2021 sometimes in like December or something. So I'm, I'm taking a time machine back to <laughs> the late nineties, early two thousands. I'm excited. So yeah, I'm going to play World of Warcraft when I'm sick. That's basically the long and short of it. Uh, Alex, you don't really... Are you a gamer, dude? Are you? Because I, I know you from the music scene, bro. But I don't... Are you, I'm so sorry. Are you... No, I don't really... Um, I don't really uh, do a whole lot of games. I mean, like, I, I hang out with a... I'm a guy's buddy who has a Down syndrome. And so him and I, like, hang out every day. And we always play Pokemon Go because he loves it. So... That's kind of like the extent of my video gaming. <laughs> um, I really want to, um, yeah, just do music. Uh, I dropped a new album that's on Spotify. You could find it on, if you just look up Alex Johnston, that's me. Um, and um, I, if there is, I do want to like start um, revisiting Breath of the Wild again, just for the music specifically um because i really want to make these like hour-long ambient songs and um breath of the wild does such a good job with like weird random ambience so i kind of want to play it to study the music so yeah <laughs> yeah a lot of people kind of like panned the soundtrack but i loved it because it just had like the this beautiful there's a lot of space like just yeah. beautiful piano and I don't. It was such a turn from like the huge orchestra of like the old Zelda games. I I thought it was awesome. Yeah, I really like it. It's just very calming, and I want to like try and capture some of that spacious vibe. So yeah, <laughs> definitely. And you're watching Dragon Ball Super. It says on the oh, notes. Oh yes, yes. I've, I'm kind of like 
yeah, not and I I don't keep up with all the uh, cool animes that are <laughs> going on that everybody's watching, <laughs> but um, yeah, um, kind of a throwback person sometimes, and uh, I never saw Dragon Ball Super, so I'm uh been binging that. <laughs> nice. I I my my partner Sierra has never seen Dragon Ball or Dragon Ball Z or whatever, so we watch Kai. And we watched all the way up to like whatever on-demand service had, and then uh, we it's like, oh man, like should we wait and see if we can watch more like the Boo Saga, or should we just go right to Super? And we decided to go right to Super, and then something happened, and we haven't picked it back up. So, <laughs> is it is it good? I haven't seen a single episode. I think it's just kind of like hilarious. Like it almost like comes off as comedy sometimes. Um, <laughs> it doesn't take itself as like seriously. Um, it's like really, I feel like kind of funny. Um, so um, yeah, it's it feels like it's kind of also coming full circle, like to Dragon Ball Z, which feels kind of I don't know cool, but it's absurd. It's Dragon Ball, like so it's gonna be like bonkers and over the top. So <laughs> I'm fun with it. <laughs> I gotta watch it one day. One day I will. It's fun. Cool, cool. So that's what we're playing this week. Up next, Neurodivergent Gaming. We're gonna hear from Puppet right after this. it is autism awareness month and i thought it would be a really fun idea to get some of our neurodivergent friends together just to talk about gaming and like what it's like to be neurodivergent and a gamer so um i invited kingdom to come talk with us but before we started um kingdom i just for a lot of us, neurodivergent is kind of a new word. It's kind of a big word, and we're all kind of learning, okay, what does this word mean? And I know it means something different to everybody. So what does neurodivergent mean to you in particular? Hmm, that's a good question. Um, well, well, as the literal meaning of the word, it kind of implies that uh, neurodivergent means your brain, the way your brain functions or its structure is just not typical. But that can mean many things. It Like you could have, if you have clinical depression, that could be a form of neurodivergence. If you are autistic, that's also different. If you have ADHD, that's different. If you're plural, that's another way to be neurodivergent. Um, in my case, uh, neurodivergence uh, is it's relevant in the sense that, um, well, I'm on the autistic spectrum. That's one thing. Um, I am also part of a plural system. For those who don't know plural, uh, plurality is the state of having more than one um, conscious identity in one brain. So it's similar to like, a, for example, um, I think the most common example that's, that's known is uh, uh, DID, which is the dissociative identity disorder, which is um, a disordered version of plurality. There's many other variations of it. Um, so that's more relevant to me. Um, I'm the reason my channel is called Kingdom Balance is is because it is that is part of our that is our system name 
Um, so there's like, um, my personal name is Lily. So I usually go by Lily of Balance or Lily of Kingdom Balance. Um, yeah, so there's, um, in that way, it's relevant to me. Uh, because it's um, not every brain has multiple identities, usually. Um, and so that's how it relates to me. I, I hope that answered the question, though. Yeah. Did it? Yeah. Okay. No, it it totally did. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um. So you are a streamer, and yes. I'm curious, like, what is it like to be a streamer who is also neurodivergent? Yeah, I've been thinking about that for a bit, uh, for a couple of days now, um, and I'm just. Um, it's hard to explain because then I could ask the same thing to everyone here, like, what does. Uh, what is it like to be a streamer and be neurotypical, right? Like, I've never been neurotypical. I've only been neurodivergent, so I have no way to compare, right? I've never had the experience of being neurotypical first and then become neurodivergent later. So I cannot really clearly state the differences. I can only say, what's it like to be a streamer for me? Um, that's... Um, sure, yeah. Um, well, all I can say is I enjoy streaming and that's one of the reasons I started it when I, um, at first, um, I was, uh, quite intimidated to do it as, as many people are, um, because, uh, it, it's something new that if you've never done it before, but, um, I have a tendency to want to be, uh, do things, um, well, I won't say all the way to perfectionism, but kind of partway there. I, I am worried about making mistakes. Um, so I procrastinated starting streaming for a long time until last year when I found um, about the found out about the racial justice bundle on HEO. And I was like, well, this is an opportunity. I mean, at the very least, I can show off these games, this 1,200 games that are on this bundle and show some appreciation for all the indie devs who donated their games to this um, for this cause. So that's how I started my channel, and I'm still going with that. I've done 250 games so far from the bundle. There's Whoa. about 950 more to go. I'm not sure exact number, but it's about 1,200 games altogether. Um, so it's going to take me another three and a half years to cover all of them. Um, but that's my long-term mission with this channel. Um, aside from that, I enjoy meeting people, um, people who have interesting perspectives on games, people who like games the way I do. Um, when I run into them, that's very joyful. So streaming is both fun and stressful. <laughs> that's all I can say. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I can. I mean, I can say that for me as well. Uh, yeah, I think we all feel it as streamers. There's parts that we absolutely love, and then there's parts where, uh, yeah, it's kind of hard, and sometimes we get surprised too. Like, um, you know, I sometimes when I when I start streaming, um, I hardly ever get nervous because I I just I went to college for music. I've always been used to being on stage and being in front of people, and. Um, but there are certain days where it's like, oh, I, I kind of like, I kind of feel nervous that I'm about to go on. But then once you get in and you're talking to people, for me in particular, I just kind of melt a little bit and it feels a lot better. Mm. But that first step, you know, I definitely yeah. feel. 
Yeah, yeah. I I was nervous initially a lot, but then once I got the hang of it, it was much easier to um, to handle that. One thing that um, I, I've been trying to I mean I'm the main streamer in in from our plural system, but I've been trying to get the others to do some as well, but they've been very resistant. Like a lot of them, they don't like playing games in front of people. They It's more like a personal experience for them. So they don't really want to interact with people while playing games. So if they've been a bit more resistance, uh, resistant to it. Um, I think if we find the right games for them, they might open up. But right now, it's just mainly me. Um, last year, I had a bit of a tragedy in the family because my uh, father passed away. Um, and at that time, I had a really hard time um, maintaining the streaming. Um, I was kind of very dissociated. I was like, didn't want to even be in the front very much, like actively in the brain. Um, so at that time, some of my headmates would take over and they would run the streams for me. Um, it's That's the only... I think the the only other way that I can think of that my neurodivergent played a role in the stream. Um, I yeah. can't really think of anything else. Yeah. Well, actually, that transitions um, nicely into my next question. Um, I was going to ask if if you feel like your neurodivergence makes it easier or harder um, to stream, but also to play just games, you know, on and off stream. That's also really hard to answer because, you know, if I asked you if you if being neurotypical makes it easier to play games or harder, you know, there's no real answer to that, right? Like, how do you say that if you've never been anything else, hmm. right? So, mm -hmm. I mean, I'm sure if you ask any person if they find video games easy to play or hard, they will tell you that they'll find some games easy and some games hard. Right. It, it depends on the person. Some people yeah. are find visual novels difficult to get through. Some people find Dark Souls to be too challenging. You know, it's just um, there's no real one answer to that. Um, yeah. Uh, but I can tell you which games I like and which games I don't like. Um, that's I mean, that's that's more uh, of a relevant question, I guess. But I find let's see. Mm, I find certain games easy to play. Um, um, I I like games with uh, complex, convoluted stories, like Kingdom Hearts, for example. It's, mm -hmm. it, that's been notoriously confusing. Um, even more confusing than Kingdom Hearts is Xenosaga, which is an old PS2 game. Um, it's It needs a lot of research to f understand what's going on in that game. Um, but I really enjoy that. I find that challenge very interesting. Um, I also like games that are, mm, yeah, I mean, Kingdom Hearts and Dark Souls are pretty difficult. I like those. Um, I also like the, uh, tactical RPGs. That's one of my favorite categories, uh, turn-based tactical RPGs, because it's like you can take your time to think about everything and that's i enjoy both i enjoy the planning i also enjoy the chaotic in the moment uh battles um one game that i really one game genre that i really dislike is uh fighting games like mortal kombat like i was really we were really into mortal kombat up until mortal kombat 3 but once they added the third dimension to it it just became 
um, way too difficult to manage for me. Um, and also the controls over time increasingly got harder. Uh, it got like it had to be faster and faster response and it has to be so precise that at some point it was, uh, it's not enjoyable anymore. Yeah. So yeah, these are the only two examples I can think of. And like some challenges are fulfilling and enjoyable and some challenges just seem unnecessary. Right. Yeah. So if, um, if you were talking to a developer, like an indie developer who is saying, I want to make my game more accessible, like what would you say to them? Accessibility. Well, that depends on so many. I mean, one thing, one example that I go to for accessibility is I've seen a lot of indie games do this. Um, What they do is they add, um, if their game has a lot of flashing lights, they have an option to switch it off. And that is good for people with epilepsy, for example, which I can't speak much on, but it was, I don't, I don't experience that. But um, I do find it easier to look at a game if there's not a lot of flashing lights. Mm-hmm. So it's more like a preference for me. So I appreciate that preference. Um, n- most mainstream games don't have that, but mm-hmm. uh, I've seen pretty much all indie games I've played so far that has flashing lights, they always have an option to switch it off. Yeah. So that's, that's the only thing I can say about that. Um, yeah. For more autism related, I uh, autism is so different for each person. Um, so it really depends on, I would suggest to the developer to ask the questions like, bring up specific features they're planning to put in a game and bring those features to an autistic community or something like that of autistic adults and ask them what they feel about those features. I think that's the best way to go about it. I can't think of a way to predict what can be done ahead of time to make things more accessible other than including more options. Yeah, very cool. Well, that is also a great transition into, um, so I, um, I am very blessed to have a partner named Alex who actually works with adults with autism. And um, I had a chance to interview one of his students. Um, but before we jump into that, um, Alex, I wanted you to kind of tell us about where you work, what you do, um, and how you got connected with them. Yeah, um, so I work for a place called the Alyssa Burnett Adult Life Skills Center, and that's associated with Seattle Children's Hospital. And we are a day center um, that offers classes for adults with uh, developmental differences, um, could be autism, Downs, or anything really. and um, of all abilities, uh, we're a center that offers classes like cooking, social skills, uh, art, music classes, uh, even fun community outings like bowling or going to museums or doing other fun activities like that. 
So I kind of just ended up there randomly because I was looking for work and I saw that they needed a music therapist and I'm not a music therapist, but it said degree preferred. So I thought, why not <laughs> apply? <laughs> and um, they're like, are you fine with like, you know, just kind of going in the moment and just adapting to whatever situation you're in? And I was like, yeah. And they're like, good, you're going to have to do that a lot in this job. And um, yeah, so I mean, I work with adults with um, all sorts of um, different uh, developmental differences. And um, yeah, so I am a classroom assistant there. So I assist in classrooms because we kind of have a teacher's uh, staff to student ratio. Uh, so I'll assist in classes, um, helping students with um, whatever the task is at hand um, and just kind of having a fun time, making sure that they're enjoying uh, their time in the class and getting the most out of it um, and supporting them as needed. And I'm also an instructor there. So I uh, teach classes. Um, I teach some music classes, like a music production class. I just got assigned to a karaoke and sing-alongs class where we just kind of sing karaoke songs. <laughs> and um, I teach a creative writing class. I teach a kind of a, a guy's uh, 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 social skills class. Um, and uh, I also started a Pokemon class there uh, because we're always trying to think of fun new things to do at the center uh, to keep uh, students engaged and just also to track with interests um, and to create community there. Um, and I thought that it would be neat to have a Pokemon class because a lot of the students really like Pokemon. Um, and Pokemon was actually started by a person, uh, an autistic person. Um, and so I started a Pokemon class and I had like, it was like full every quarter. We did it for three quarters, taking a break from it right now. Um, but <laughs> it was funny because a lot of my students were just like repeat students because um, they just loved it. One of the students, when they found out it wasn't offered uh, this quarter, they were actually very disappointed and kind of frustrated. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, so that's what I do at the ABC. <laughs> nice. So aside from Pokemon, do you guys play any other video games at the center? Yeah, so um, there uh, were, you know, during pandemic now, so we're not doing stuff in person, but we did have like, um, we had some board game classes, and then we also had a gaming class where, and I really like this class, uh, next to the film class where we would just watch a movie and uh, <laughs> eat popcorn. <laughs> um, but yeah, there is a gaming, a, a video game class where um, we had a, we have a big room that had, um, you know, like uh, uh, there is a, a Wii in there and then like Xbox and a Switch and um, uh, a couple other things. And we would just play games. And sometimes there was themes to the week, um, but then other times it was just hanging out and having a, having a good time. Uh, and yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. So, so do you feel like um, playing video games like, um, yeah, like why, why did you guys choose to incorporate those kinds of classes at the center? Yeah, so I, I kind of like what uh, Kingdom was saying about like 
um, uh, answering like, do you feel like, uh, what's it like to be a streamer and be neurodivergent? What's it like to be a, um, uh, a video gamer and be neurodivergent? Um, and one of the things I've uh, learned while working at the uh, Lisa Burnett Center um, uh, was just like, everyone's just a person, right? <laughs> um, we like to say, you know, developmental differences as opposed to, you know, disabilities. I mean, there's there's a whole conversation about language and, you know, some, some people with disabilities will own the term disability and others will, you know, want, want to own the term differences. But um, really, um, why do we offer classes like video game classes is because it's something that creates community and it's it's fun. And that's something our, the students want. So like, I mean, if the students wanted a, um, I don't know, a, a class on um, graffiti, <laughs> like graffiti art, like we'd probably create a, graf a graffiti art class. Um, so uh, there's already like, that's already within the interests of our students. So we, um, we like to offer that. And also too, for um, those who um, are working on developing their social skills or e even like, um, you know, um, you know, emotions and just other connections, video games are a great way to um, learn some of those uh, skills uh, that, you know, may have been like uh, delayed uh, due to uh, their neurodivergence. Um, I recall uh, a moment uh, playing Smash Bros. <laughs> and uh, this one student, he was just losing it. He was not happy at all. Uh, we had to, we kind of had to turn it into a moment where um, it was an opportunity to engage in healthy competition and um, that type of stuff. So, um, yeah, and it's just, it's just fun. It's, it's a good time. And uh, there's quite a few stories of students at our center who uh have, didn't have a lot of community um the, one of the big things in uh the neurodivergent community is uh there's kind of a lot of support in the k through 12 system but then once they're out of that system uh they lose a lot of their friends and they lose a lot of their community and um we have quite a few students who were on the like more depressed side coming in before uh, the ABC. Uh, before coming to our center, they didn't have a bunch of social connections, but now because of like finding classes that uh, pique their interest, like we have Disney classes, we have, um, you know, video game classes, we have a bowling class, we, we've got all sorts of classes. And when so you can find community with people that you like, kind of much like what y'all are doing with, you know, Game Raven and Indie, uh, streaming and stuff like that, then it makes life a bit brighter, doesn't it? <laughs> right? Yeah. So, yeah. So the Alyssa Burnett Center is a part of Seattle Children's Hospital, um, who we supported through our Extra Life um, charity event back in December. And if you don't know what Extra Life is, they are an incredible organization who um, help connect um, kids and uh, other people at um, Children's Miracle Network hospitals with video games um, through their healing. And so the Alyssa Burnett Center was one of those programs that benefited, uh, that benefits from the Extra Life campaign. So please go check them out. They're awesome and amazing. Um, 
And earlier this week, I had the opportunity to actually meet one of Alex's students from the Alyssa Burnett Center. Her name is Violet, and uh, I got to chat with her about autism and gaming, and uh, here's how it went. Sweet. There you go. I think that's, it's happening. Tell us who you are. Okay, well, I'm Violet. Um, I also go by Crayola Shimmers, Crayola Shimmers together, sometimes uh, by, some people call me Vivi, like from, um, I think it's Final Fantasy, um, just because of the, the V. Um, yeah. A lot of people actually will say my name like Violet and can't pronounce the V. Um, uh, what else would you like to know? Yeah. Um, so tell us about, uh, you said you're starting an Instagram and you do gaming stuff on your well, YouTube. I started the Instagram at the beginning of quarantine. And so I was diagnosed actually on the spectrum at 27 years of age. It was when my sister became a CNA. And there were a lot of like diagnoses kind of like thrown at me at childhood, but none of them really fit. So when my sister was talking to my psychiatrist, she ran through kind of like a questionnaire, I guess, behind my back. And then the next thing I knew, I was going in for autism testing. And then I came out with an autism diagnosis. And um, so when I, when I found out that I had autism, um, I read more into it and I actually go to OT twice a week. It's actually like an hour away from my house. It's like a two hour trip and like wow. an hour there. Um, I go to speech therapy once a week. There's a lot actually to catch up on with like the, the delays that were caught in early childhood. Um, so like my goal with the channel is to spread awareness because um, it's actually common for girls to actually be missed on the spectrum mm-hmm. um and uh, I wanted to spread awareness and help build a foundation for the kids of the future that are aging out of the system rapidly because one in 45 children are autistic well actually people and wow. so I wanted to like build something to try and help the people who are aging out of the school system have something to look forward to when they leave, if that makes sense. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That's so cool. So you do that through your Instagram? My Instagram, YouTube, I have a Facebook and a Twitter. It's all under the same name, Violet's Life with Autism. YouTube's kind of picky. It has to have the Violet with the S, otherwise it won't pull up YouTube at all. But the YouTube, I'm primarily focusing on the gaming aspect right now on that one. The Instagram and Facebook, you'll find um, videos on kind of like helpful tips that we've learned through OT or speech therapy or calming down methods. Um, uh, the Twitter, I, I kind of just post funny autism tweets. Like a recent one I did was I'll spend hundreds of dollars on my fixed interest, but you ask me what I want to eat and I'll say dino nuggies. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so, like, nice. So, and it's, I kind of post funny tweets or I make announcements for the videos on the, on the Twitter. If that yeah. That's awesome. So, okay. What, um, what is your favorite video game 
or actually tell us how you got into video games and what your favorite video game is now. So this is actually a really funny story. So my mom, my, my adoptive mother, she worked for Microsoft. So we got a computer at a really early age. And my first um, like real game that I played was Sonic. And I remember sitting there and saying to my mom, I was like four years old. And I said, wouldn't it be so cool if they had like, you know, something you could hold in your hand and just, you know, like play it around and like take it everywhere with you instead of having to sit in front of a computer. And so there I am on Christmas morning, four years old. My mom hands me, and back in the day, the Game Boys came in this like plastic, the like hardcore plastic you have to cut open. And I, my, my mom hands it to me, and I'm like, what is this? Like, what what, what is it? You know, and I kind of was like, what, what is this, mom? And she's like, it, it's what you asked for. You asked for something to like game and like walk around with. And I was like, nah, that doesn't exist, mom. That doesn't exist. And my mom's like, let's just open it and like find out. So she like cuts it open and there's a Kirby game inside. And it was Kirby's Dreamland. And then it was the big fat black Game Boy. And she puts it in. And my mom's like, this is really expensive. Like, if you don't want it, I'll take it back. And I'm like looking kind of like over her shoulder, kind of like looking. And then I go, yeah, I want this. Okay. And so my sister and my brother, who are, like, younger than me, they're like, we want one, too. And they're like, you can have one when you're, like, a year older. You guys can get one later. So I was fortunate enough to get the Game Boy before my siblings. That's awesome. And so that was my first video game. And I remember just walking around everywhere, just playing. And my favorite, probably, console of all time would be Super Nintendo. I just, I love the graphics that like the story and the fact that you can unlock everything um my favorite game now is definitely probably fortnite only because you can do really funny things with it um the, but i know that the hardest part about fortnite when it changed seasons recently was that they had added crafting and in the beginning i would play one round and like have to put the controller down because i would be losing my mind with the sensory overload and actually start crying and Hmm. had to put it down. But as the seasons progressed, I've been getting better at crafting where my sister's getting mad at me and she's like, how are you finding all the good weapons? And I'm like, I don't know, I just figured it out. So I guess with uh, like some things like the adaptability and changing in games, it can be kind of hard. But once you get used to it, our brains kind of just are like, you know, we can just like figure it out. Yeah, I was going to, yeah, that's a great segue. I was going to ask if you feel like your autism makes, um, you know, things easier to play or if you feel like it makes it harder. Yeah, it, it can. So sometimes with like the visual effects, like, or like if a game like Fortnite, that like changes completely, like the seasons are known to always change to something different, but they're, they just threw in there, like, we're going to hunt animals and we're going to now craft and we're going to, you have to craft everything. And that was like a huge change. And that was really hard for me the first, like, I think two weeks of the season. I think it's been out two weeks now. And at least two weeks. No, it's been out three. Yeah, we're on week three of the Legendary Quest. So that was the hardest part was adapting to that. But games like um, original, like the OG, like Mario, you know, um, those games, like, I love that. Like, you, you can't just, like, any of that like you can redo mario or pokemon 
or any of like the original OG characters a million times and they will always be perfect in my brain. Nice. I'm a big Nintendo fan too. Yeah. So that makes me so happy that you said that. Um, so do you have like certain details that you pay attention to in particular in games? Um, okay. So some of it's like mainly visuals draw me in like the visual aspect of the game. And in some cases it's the story plot. Like for example, Fortnite's visuals are great but there isn't much of a story going on like there is but you don't you're not really aware of the story while you're playing Mm -hmm. but like a game like Skyrim the story draws you in and that makes you want to play it and actually like beat the game the only problem was like when I beat Skyrim I didn't know that there wasn't going to be any more dragons so it kind of took the fun out of playing it after because I didn't want to do the side quest because like there's no more dragons (laughs) yeah like where'd the dragons go I was here for the dragons yes (laughs) that's awesome oh so okay aside from there being no dragons um at the end of Skyrim um are there certain things that you hate in video games blood I I have a very strong fear of blood so I will not most likely play a game if it has blood yeah 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 and some of them can get really overboard sometimes yeah Yeah, for sure I I have friends who will play those kind of games and on like my sister's one of those who will play horror games and I have to just sit in the background and be like you done yet can we play something together yeah oh my gosh do you have anything that you love in video games I think everything like like I mean like the gaming world from where it like started and where it is now there's such like a diverse like I mean you mean you could play like a Kirby game and like like from 20 years ago I think Kirby's about 20 and well I know that I was like four so 26 years ago yeah 26 years ago no 25 25 years ago I got my first Kirby game Mm -hmm. and you could play that game and that game will still be fun. But if you play like the new Kirby, like it just keeps going and going and going. (laughs) And I love how they add, you know, new aspects like Kirby will have a new superpower. And that's like the whole emphasis of like how gaming has evolved. And the only thing I wish is that Donkey Kong would get more than one game on a platform. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. And um. okay. So in games, do you prefer like open world games or do you prefer like more linear games? It really depends. Um, Like I played Guild Wars for a little bit, but I would mainly only pop up during Halloween time because I just love the festivities. With mm-hmm. World of Warcraft, it was a social game and it was open world. And I would play that with my sister a lot. And I like that a lot better. Um, Minecraft, um, love it. Yes. Um, I know there's a huge stereotype about the autistic community. We all love Minecraft. I'm sure that's not true. I'm sure there are neurotypicals that love Minecraft as well. But um Open world is great if you have a lot of people to play with um, or if you can talk to people. But it like with Guild Wars, I was like the only one kind of like playing it. So it was kind of boring. 
um skyrim was open world and that was great solo player like i could do that for, for hours just running around and like i remember i made one of the um clerks really really mad and i didn't realize that i didn't know what i did oh, and no. every time i went back he's like i'm gonna get you and i'm like oh my god i didn't mean to like, i didn't mean to make you so mad and i oh, no. Like, that's like, so funny and, oh. I was just, like, and he chased me like all throughout the town I'm like I didn't mean to I'm just trying to buy stuff from you right you're like I'm just trying to give you money right now yes. <laughs> that's so funny Jeez. so okay you you mentioned that um a lot of people in the autism community love Minecraft what is it about Minecraft that is so attractive I guess like I, I think the stereotype for us is we all like building stuff I mean, for me, I like being able to create stuff in Minecraft, but there's also a server that I'm on that is actually, it was designed for people with autism. It's called Autcraft. It's actually an amazing server because it is like really friendly. And like you, a lot of the servers, if you go on Minecraft, like people are kind of mean. So this one was like really great because I wasn't constantly losing my stuff and then having someone come loot me and so it was a very friendly community and actually the admins will like make a game out of something like hide and seek around the entire spawn area oh cool and that was fun and and I think that the, the stereotype is, is that we like building but it's more just the fact that it's a game where we can kind of all peacefully build along if that makes sense mm-hmm yeah yeah. Um, my that's... speech therapist asked me because when I was filming one of my videos on YouTube for gaming, she said, your speech is a lot different with like indirect and direct speech when you game. And I said, I think it's because I don't have to focus on the aspect of somebody moving their hands or their facial expressions. And I just hear what they're saying. So I'm able to go off of that. Mm hmm. Oh, yeah. So is there something that, um, like, if you were to give advice to a developer who's making a game that wants to make it more accessible, what kind of advice would you give to them? So a developer, like, uh, are you talking about, like, creators of games, like mm -hmm. Bethesda or Epic or... Yeah. So our podcast, um, we focus a lot on small indie developers. So they're, like, individuals or small teams. And, and so... Like um, yeah. So, uh, you know, you probably know, like Among Us is, was made by oh, uh, just yeah. a few people yeah, and like, you know, and there's a ton of great indie games out there that are made by just a few people. Um, and so I'm just wondering, like, as, as an autistic person, like what advice would you give someone who's making a game that wants to make it more accessible? I would definitely, if it's a multiplayer type game, emphasize cross compatibility because there's this game that I'm I mean I think it was previously probably an indie developer it was Fall Guys and I've recently gotten into that but Epic bought that so I don't think it's an indie game anymore but um cross compatibility so there's more players because the waiting for something like load up hmm. can take a really long amount of time another thing that I would probably suggest is like probably don't have us killing a bunch of animals 
yes, I completely agree with you on that one. Uh, I can't even tell you how much I agree with you. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I don't know why in the gaming community it's more socially acceptable to shoot a person than it is an animal, but <laughs> like, it's just there's something about it where it's just like. I don't want to go hunting right now, okay? And that's probably one of the hardest things about Minecraft is you need to, like, like kill the pigs to survive. I and know. I'm just like, I don't want to. I'll just, like, not level up and I'll just, like, shear the sheep instead of kill them for their wool. Like, right? Oh, my like, gosh. Oh, I totally relate with that. Wow. Um. So do you have any, do you have anything that you would, like, other gamers to know about what it's like to be autistic and to be a gamer at the same time I think that like we're just like everybody else like in, in some aspects like we just we all want people interaction I think especially during this pandemic like gaming has actually probably been on the rise because we don't get that social interaction and I, I know that my OT made this joke and it was like, everybody's wearing a mask now. And now people know what it's like to be autistic because you have to go off of like what they're saying because you can't oh. see with because of the mask. And so the social aspect in gaming is really important to us because it lets us be ourselves without sounding like that weirdo in the room that's just like not able to carry on a conversation. If that makes sense. Yeah. Wow. I, I never, I never thought of that aspect of it. That's super cool. So do you know anybody else who is autistic, who likes to play video games and what is it, what is it like for them? Well, um, my teacher last quarter in Pokemon class, there were quite a few and I know that I, I'm thinking a lot of them were autistic. I know that some of them friended me on Facebook and so they do have autism and they told me that and they like gaming too. But ironically, like, like I have a bunch of autistic friends who kind of look at the gaming like situation. They're kind of like, I'm not into this and that's okay. You know? And I like, instead we'll go take my dog to the dog park with her dog and we'll do things like that. Um, I do have friends that are into gaming and that are autistic and I have some that are into other things. Like, yeah. uh, it is it is a stereotype that all autistic people you shove a screen in front of us and we're not going to be able to get off the screen. But uh, I am one of those people. I won't get off the screen. <laughs> this will tell me, hey, it's like two a.m. and we've been on Fortnite, you know, for like hours, and you know, maybe we should go to bed. I'm like, I like more quests to do. I can't do that. So, um, <laughs> I but, feel that too, though. I feel yeah, that too. Right? Yep. Yeah, yeah, I've been really into Valheim lately. Have you heard of Valheim? Uh, no, I haven't. Um, oh, it's so great. If you, okay, so Valheim is a game <laughs> and the other people in the podcast are going to laugh at me because I love Valheim and I talk about it way too much. Um, basically, you're like a Viking who's in purgatory, but you're in this beautiful planet by yourself. And the whole point is to go um, and build and get supplies to make better armor and weapons so you can go kill these big monsters and it's like helping you get through 
and it's a gorgeous game and I love it because I'm completely by myself and I get to build a bunch of houses and it's it's very similar to like Minecraft there is blood though so I don't think I would recommend it if you aren't super into the blood part my Um, sister sounds like she would actually be super into that because she's super into all these kind of like mythology kind of things yes so I have to tell her about it because I'll watch it but I just won't play it yes right right yeah um but it's it's a big favorite of mine and let me tell you I have been up until 2 a.m and thinking no I have just I have to finish building this house like I just have to finish doing it or I have to finish upgrading my weapons like so (laughs) totally vibe I totally get it that's awesome um is there anything else you want to mention before we end our interview together um I'm not sure I guess like the number one thing I would say is that, like, do what you love in the gaming community. Like, whatever kind of games you play, like, it doesn't matter. I think the smartest thing I ever heard was from, actually, one of my other atypical friends who is a gamer. And she had, she worked in a retro gaming store. And she had this kid who would come in all the time. And she thought these were the lousiest games that she had, this kid would come in demo. But she said, you know what? Though, so that game like might not be like something to everybody but that game to him is amazing and like don't ever game change you know absolutely yeah oh yeah yep i completely completely agree with that yes well thank you so so much for joining us on the podcast this week um again that was violet and um do you want to talk about your instagram and youtube one more time before we leave it it's Violet's Life with Autism. Just make sure to type in the S of the name at the end of my name, and it should populate. Um, and this was really fun, and I really appreciate you taking time out to talk. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Um, is there anything else that you wanted to tell us um, at all? Sure. Yes. Actually, something I had a couple more thoughts um, when Alex was talking about um, his students. I was um, something it reminded me of something um, especially related to Super Smash Brothers. Yeah. Um, I I'm not sure if this is you know like it's it's not across the board probably but um i really dislike competitive games i really dislike competitive culture uh, of video games uh communities and and i feel like it reflects the social rejection that um i faced in in my regular life in school and everywhere else because of my differences and um I find that I find it very hard to deal with the even the playful competitiveness of fighting games and Super Smash Brothers and Call of Duty and games like that where people call each other names when they beat someone even playfully like that's the kind of experience I have a very hard time dealing with it's I cannot separate it from bullying in my mind. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's just um, 
That's why my I'm I overwhelmingly prefer co-op games over competitive games. Like I'm okay with like games where you get perform better every time against your past records, but I don't like it when there's a comparison between players because then it feels like it's a it's grounds for bullying and hierarchies and that just bothers me a lot. Um, so my favorite games are like co-op board games, like uh, Pandemic is one of them. Um, and like, there's been more and more co-op games coming out in the both in the indie scenes and outside in the mainstream as well. And I've been really appreciating that because it's when a game is co-op, the rules of engagement is clearly laid out. Uh, how you're going to be friends with your co-player is very clearly stated in the rules of the game. And that's why it's much easier for me than actual like social interactions where the rules are fuzzy for me. Um, so that's coming from the autistic perspective, I guess. I, I have always struggled with understanding all the subtle body language, social cues that people give off especially neurotypical people. And I find it a refreshing break to be friends with someone through a game, through a co-op game where I don't have to wait for, I don't have to read body languages. I can just do something together that has, that's not going to pit us against each other. It's, that's really what I have to say about the competitiveness is when, when Alex mentioned that, that's what I thought about. Um, another yeah. thing, yeah. Oh, I just wanted to tack on one other thing about competition. We have a question of the day in our Discord, and mm -hmm. um, one question uh, this last week was, "Do you prefer competition or teamwork in multiplayer games?" And across the board, all but just one person answered teamwork. They all they all very much like resonated with exactly what you were saying. And the majority of us are neurotypical. Um, and so I think I think it resonates across the board with a lot yeah. of people. So I'm super yeah. glad you brought that up. I think a lot of people in general do thrive better in cooperative situations. I was just trying to explain my personal reason why I prefer a co-op. It's the it's the fact that interactions the rules of engagement is clearly laid out and i think that's the biggest i mean aside from all the the fact that you're winning together that that's really special but like but also the fact that i have to not think about how uh, not read other people in order to be uh doing something together with them anyway i i mm -hmm. think i'm repeating myself now <laughs> <laughs> no it's great Alex, did you have anything else that you wanted to add? Yeah, Kingdom uh, mentioned, I forget when and what specifically. <laughs> um, oh, it was about um, uh, the flashing lights um, and providing um, people with options. Um, and I think that is super, that's like so important, I feel like, and especially with the work that um, I do at the center, um, uh, the ability to choose is so important. 
Um, and um, a lot of the population that we serve don't get to make decisions as much as um, neurotypical people do in certain situations. Maybe, um, you know, they don't get to choose uh, how they want to, what, what, what route they want to drive um, because uh, they're not driving. They don't, they may not get to choose their clothes as much, or um, they may not get to choose, you know, their, their food or just lots of, lots of little things add up. And something that is a privilege in our, in life is to be able to choose. And, um, and so with the work that we do, we love to be able to present options. Um, and those options really matter because it empowers a person to be able to um, live the life that you you want to live. And I think that's like so important in so many games, like what, how do you want your character to look? And so many things like that. Um, bringing it to accessibility is a really important next step, I feel like, in um, lots of things. Uh, what Kingdom was talking about was adding adding the um, adding options for strobe lights or flashing lights. That's super cool. Um, and I think that type of empowerment is something when we're having these conversations, the ability to choose, I think uh, is just really important. Yeah. Well, thank you both for um, hanging out with us um, to chat about all of this. Um, it's it's just so important that these conversations happen. And um, I just thank you. Thank you, guys. Yes, of course. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, thank you, Kingdom and Alex and Violet for joining us today. And thank you so much for tuning in to the Game Raven Review Podcast. I've been Henry J. You can find me at Twitter and Twitch at SuperHenry64 where I stream games every Monday at 7.30 p.m. Uh, Kingdom, where can people find you? Um, I have a Twitch channel called Kingdom Balance, and I usually stream indie games on Monday and Friday at 8 p.m. Pacific. Um, I do three games a session. And on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, I um, do optional streams, not every week, sometimes if I have the energy. Uh, for retro games on Tuesdays and uh, more casual games on Wednesdays, same time, 8 p.m. Pacific. Perfect. Well, I wish you luck in uh, chopping down some of that uh, that bundle that you guys three and a half years it'll take. Yeah. You. Yep. Yeah. Thank good, you. Good luck. <laughs> you got. You got. You got. Uh, at least you don't have to think of anything to play for the next three and a half years. You know. You, you know your schedule. Yeah, yeah, it's relaxing to have so that laid out already. For sure, unlike me, who's like scrambling for stuff every week. Uh, Alex, you are you are not uh, on Twitch, but no. you uh, you just released a record. Where can people find that? Uh, you can find that wherever you stream and enjoy music online. Uh, my name is Alex Johnston, and that's also my artist's name. Drop that Bandcamp. Oh yeah, 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 Bandcamp. Yeah, if you if you want to actually give me money don't do spotify 
<laughs> just uh, pay your own price on Bandcamp. <laughs> Unless you want to give me a penny or like whatever, your fraction of a penny, then you could do Spotify. But that would still be appreciated. You can also find me on uh, the socials, Alex Johnston Music. And uh, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Taz? Uh, yes. Uh you're you're still here. Hi. Yeah, yeah, you know, I, I'm I'm here. I'm I'm here. It was very it was very educational. Like I my mind is blown actually. Um, yes, uh, my at is Taz T Devil three uh, on any virtual platform. I do stream every uh, Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. And Wednesdays changed up a bit. Um, streaming on the Game Raven Twitch channel. Strictly playing indie games there. So I'm gonna find a new day to stream my own stuff. Um, but I'm a variety streamer doing a bunch of stuff. So um, all at 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, as well as on Saturdays, uh, 9 p.m. So I hope to see you there. And Puppet, of course. I am Puppet Master N. That's Puppet Master E-N. And I am on uh, all of the socials, just as Puppet Master N. And I'm on Twitch. Um, it is changing up a little bit, like uh, Taz mentioned. So you can find me at my Twitch channel on Saturdays and Sundays at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And I mostly do indie horror. Um, but I also wanted to plug the um, Game Raven Twitch channel. We have just revamped the whole thing. So all of our um, amazing streamers you can now find on one channel. And um, I'm pretty sure right now as we're recording, Little Forest Fae is there. Um, but I wanted to walk through what that is. So um, first off, on Sundays at 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, we have um, we are scheduling some really great indie dev interviews. And we will also be having our Writer's Roosts, which is like a roundtable where we get our writers together to kind of talk about everything indie. Um, and then Sundays at 6 p.m., you can find Bro Tuzak, who is a wonderful indie streamer. Um, and he'll be playing indies on Sunday evenings. Little Forest Bay, like I mentioned, is Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And Mondays, 7 p.m., we have Raven Parties, where we play multiplayer indie games. And it's super fun. And Tuesdays, 7 p.m. is Emerald Rays. Wednesdays, like Taz mentioned, is at 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. You can see him on the Game Raven Review channel on Twitch. And Sarah is going to pop in here and there uh, on Thursdays at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. She is Sarah B. Love her to death. Um, and she'll be there. It'll be a surprise if she'll she'll be there or not. So really looking forward to it. And my Fridays at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, I will be over on the Game Raven channel as well. There you have it. I think that was the longest outro that I've done, but there you have it. And as always, find us on Twitter and Twitch at GameRavenReview and GameRavenReview.com, where our Discord link is. If you join our Discord, you can take part in our community day, which is this Sunday, April 18th from 3 to 7 p.m. We're going to be streaming all sorts of games. Valheim may be played. I may be there. It may be a fantastic time. Actually, it will be a fantastic time. So GameRavenReview.com is where you can go for that. Have a fantastic week, everybody. Full disclosure, I've read this outro three different times, and now I'm going to go take a nap. Uh, have a fantastic week. <laughs> we'll see you next week. Have a good one. All right, I'm not doing it again. That's it. Bro, That's all you get. That was great. <laughs> it, it was so good. <laughs>